What is up, sports world? Welcome back to another episode of Fourth and Forever Sports. You've got Scott here, as always, joined by Jacob and Taylor. And after some technical difficulties and some painstaking long hours of Jacob trying to get his life together, we are back and in business. So, boys, I appreciate you being with us here. How are we doing today? Hey, man, listen. Anybody that knows me knows that there is not a chance in the world that I'm the technology guru on this podcast. So you're not telling anybody anything new, Scott. Used to work yeah, for a technology and, company for me, I believe, uh, back in the day. So we'll throw that out there. Uh, that I was, was going to say, BS, and, brother. And, and if it comes to getting the technology figured out or the life figured out first, I'm a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, consider that payback for the uh, the old man bald comments from last week, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so just so everybody knows, Scott's like. 250 miles from taylor right now but if he steps outside and the light hits that bald spot just right <laughs> taylor will know exactly where he's at he's like sending Moving a bat on. signal oh man i'm about to mute, mute you jacob <laughs> taylor how are you doing i'm doing great man happy to be here i uh unfortunately unfortunately missed last week but we're back and the trio's back together and we're better than ever Happy to have you back live in an audio and that silky smooth voice of yours, dude. Always a pleasure to have you. So, guys, I don't know if you knew this, but like I plugged the I plugged the intro or the socials here in a minute, but dude, we made it. We made it. Like football is back. I had college football on this last Saturday, Sunday, Monday, like all of it. We've got pro football within 24 hours of this very conversation. Holy freaking cannoli! You guys excited? I, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm pumped. I, f- I feel like that's a rhetorical question. Um, yes, I am beyond excited for football. The off season is just—I mean, I I like other sports, but nothing is like football season. So the fact that it's back, um, I am beyond excited. I want to squeal. Oh, yeah. And you know, doing a doing a podcast every week for this will be the sixth episode now. So six weeks. I mean, the, the tension has just been building and building. And, you know, honestly, thank goodness it's back because there's only so many things we can talk about before football actually starts, you know. I mean, we can only talk about Jonathan Taylor so many times. We definitely beat the running back situation, like, to a pulp. Like, that horse has been beaten so many times. It's crazy. Ironically enough, horse, colt, ah, horse. Anyway. Puns. Wordplay. <laughs> Um, well, before we get into the meat and potatoes of it, uh, like I said, y'all, uh, follow us on the socials. Um, we're on Insta, we're on X Twitter, we're on Facebook, all those good things. Uh, we do have a Gmail, fourth and forever sports at gmail.com. So if you want to drop us a line, feel free. If you ask us, if you ask us a question there, we will answer it live on the pod. Um, and then wherever you get your pods, right? So, uh, Spotify, uh, Facebook, Facebook, Jesus, um, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, write a review. Those things make us happy, and we appreciate all the love and support we've seen so far. Um, it's kind of cool that as we grow our audience, we're seeing people uh, not just in the United States, but all over the world, and it's kind of it's kind of humbling. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I do, before we move on, want to touch on our Twitter slash X uh, platform. So we we officially started that about a week ago, and it's really been probably eight days now, and we are up to almost 800 followers in a week, and that is pretty incredible. 
the reason I'm talking about that is I want to thank some of the other content creators out there that are in the same space as we are with, you know, fantasy football, with just simply talking about sports. There's been a lot of guys on Twitter reach out to us over the last week uh, since getting started. And, you know, they've, they've been a huge help in, in growing that following and also laying down some tips and tricks on on how to do it and how to stay in the game, so to speak, and always be improving your, your craft. So definitely want to give a big shout out to those guys. I, I hope they do listen to this because it is very much appreciated. So thank you. 100%. Well said, sir. Well, uh, normally we kind of uh, talk personal lives and are human for a minute and banter back and forth. But honestly, we got a ton to get to. And I don't think I could wait any longer without bursting. So real quick, let's uh, man, let's, let's look at college football, our takeaways, and a quick recap of a couple games. I got to say it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start us off here. Those Colorado Buffalo. Who said they had a chance? I'm pretty sure it was Mr. Rexwinkle and I. What? Yep. Yep. It's unfortunate that the pod dropped after the game had already happened, but it was recorded way before it happened. So, yeah, man, the Colorado Buffalo, they are freaking legit. I have watched so many Deion Sanders (laughs) interviews in the last couple of days. And, you know, somebody actually told me this week that they never gave him any credit because he was always so flashy and. You know, a lot of the older generation just doesn't love that kind of thing. And, and I get it. But whenever you kind of deep dive Deion Sanders' life, specifically post having kids, you know, after he took the title of dad, Deion Sanders has done so many things for so many different kids. And now it's showing, I think, a very interesting aspect of that Colorado Buffalo team that a lot of people don't know about is that a lot of those kids played for him at the peewee level, at the junior high level. I mean, he has coached them most of their lives. And so to see them all come together and have the chemistry that they have at the Power 5 level and knock off the you know defending runner-up national champions, that's incredible. And and the story just is so much better now that you have all the pieces to it. So, yeah, shout-out Colorado, shout-out Dion, shout-out Dime Time, Mr. Shadur Sanders. 500 plus yeah, yards, yeah. dude. Broke the school record. But uh yeah, I think uh Dion really sets the sets the tone for the rest of the team. You can see it in his players. They are flashy, you know, they talk to the talk, they walk the walk. Um it's one game, you know. I don't want to get too excited for it, but I am excited. You know, they're they were fun to watch week 1. They were in my opinion the game of the weekend and uh I'm I'm excited to see him next week. I will tune in for sure. Well, they were 30-point underdogs. Like, they were literally projected to have like, the over-under for win totals this season was 3.5. And then they come out and just knock off the, the 17th rank, <laughs> 17th ranked TCU Horn Frogs. What? That's just nuts. Happy to see it. I wonder where that, I wonder where that puts them in the top 25 now, or if they, I mean, you got to think they're, they're in the top 25, right? 22, I think, just on the poll. Yeah. We'll see. That's, I, I want to see. That sounds some, about right sustain this there and i think they will but it's just nice to see things get shaken up a little bit speaking of shaking up how about uh how about duke how about duke doing some things man <laughs> i watched most of that game and all i gotta say is duke's quarterback riley leonard that guy he i actually text i don't remember if it was a group message or just to taylor but i i sent a text 
and I said, Riley Leonard has impressed me in so many ways in this game. And literally as I hit send, he broke off a 50-yard touchdown run, broke two or three tackles, got to the sideline, and just beat everybody in a foot race. That's that's a Clemson defense. I mean, that's <laughs> he's, he's not running against junior high kids out there. You know what I mean? So he's a big kid. He's fast. He's got a cannon on him. I mean, there's a lot to like about Riley Leonard. So, you know, maybe that was a fluke. There, I will say there was a lot of things that went wrong for Clemson. Pretty much anything that could have went wrong went wrong. I, I think they were in the red zone six times and came away with no points. So whether that was blocked field goals, that happened a couple of times. Fumbles inside the five, interception. It's just they could do nothing right. So, you know, Duke looked really good, but at the same time, Clemson looked really bad. You got to really think about how that stacks up. I hope Duke carries on with it, but take it with a grain of salt, boys. Yeah, I, I think that uh, didn't they say Riley Leonard had opportunities to play Division One basketball as well? So he's just an athlete, you know. I mean, he's he's good, and if he played for Colorado, he'd he'd have that D on his chest, and it stands for dog, you know. So dog. I, <laughs> I think that. I do think he's good. You know, he didn't impress me. He wasn't crazy through the air, but just the plays he made, he uh, he ran all over that team. I think he had 98 rushing yards. So he's he's fun to watch. So I'm excited to see what he does the rest of the season. Absolutely. And uh, one other, actually two other games I want to touch on, but real fast, something happened to a team named Baylor, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And they got beat by a team named... Oh, that's right. That nobody's ever heard of them before. Texas State. <laughs> Texas State. <laughs> they got beat by, if I'm not mistaken, two touchdowns. I I don't know, boys. That that's a really tough look for Baylor. We'll see if they can bounce back this week, but that's a tough look. Wild week. And then lastly, man, I thought so number five, LSU versus number eight, Florida State. And first man, first quarter and a half. It was a game. I was like, all right. And third quarter, nope. Florida State's just said, bye. You guys, uh, I'll talk to y'all later and just ran away with it. Do you think that's Florida State's legit? Or do you think LSU is maybe a little overrated or a little bit of both? Well, I mean, personally, I think it's a couple of things, really. Uh, Just kind of my analysis of it was kind of a lot of what we talked about last week, honestly, Scott. Florida State, they just have so many guys that have been in that program for a handful of years now. I mean, they've got a five-year starter in, in Jordan Travis. Johnny Wilson's been there a couple of years, that great big wide receiver they have. I mean, they they just have a handful of guys that have seniority. They know what's going on offensively and defensively. If you flip it to, to the LSU side, I mean, they have Jaden Daniels who started last year. He's still a young kid. Uh, I think there were a lot of moments in that game where – he showed that he's not necessarily on the mental level that that Jordan Travis might be, and and Jordan Travis did make some bad plays as well. I'm, I'm not I'm not necessarily comparing the two that way, but I I know specifically there was a time where he threw the same pass like three plays in a row. It was down the sideline, Malik Neighbors is one-on-one. That's the exact look they want, but he could never put it in the right place. It was almost like he didn't really know where he should be going, and Malik Neighbors had no idea where he was going. So they, they could never hook up, but to me it looked like Coach said, I'm throwing this ball. I don't care what the other reads look like. That's what I'm going to. And so 
maybe that's a maybe that's a horrible take and maybe Taylor saw something different. I'm sure he did. He usually does. So I'm excited to hear what Taylor has to say on it. Yeah, no, uh, I agree with you. You know, at times I just thought Jaden Daniels was trying to do too much. You know, I, I think that they were struggling and he was trying to make things happen. And unfortunately, some of those some of those times it turned into mistakes. Um, my biggest takeaway was the Florida State defense. I mean, they came out and they just punched LSU in the mouth all game long. You know, there was a play where Jaden Daniels took the snap and took a drop and then tried to scramble up the middle and hurdled. And there was a Florida State guy that caught him in the air and just slammed him. And uh, that was kind of the end of LSU's night. You know, I mean, they just came out, like I said, and just were hitting and flying around. And that's good football. That's that's football I love to watch. What do you think, Scott? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I the the LSU offense just didn't have a, a response for that Florida State defense. It, they looked like they were just playing with more intensity, and that's not you know that's not a super in depth look or a hot take or whatever. It's just the eye test told me that that Florida State defense wanted that wanted it uh, more. Period, and that ended up you know you can eventually that intensity can wear down another team. And I think that's why Florida state started to break away in the, in the second half for sure. So uh, those are my big takeaways from the college football world this weekend. Do you guys have anything other than that? Other than <laughs> I will say, OU pitched a, a 73 to nothing shutout against uh, Arkansas state, which is just silly. It's one thing to blow a team out, but a shutout that's nuts. Go red wolves. That was, yeah, <laughs> that was disgusting. Go ahead, Taylor. Yeah, I I just think uh, one of the things I was looking forward to was uh, these teams that continue to stay at the top every single year, the Ohio States, Alabamas, Georgias. You know, all three of these teams had guys, unproven quarterbacks playing this week. And quite frankly, I really didn't. I mean, it's tough with the teams they were playing against, but I really didn't learn too terribly much about them. Obviously, Milrow for Alabama is a is an athlete. He can run around. He has a cannon. Is he that great? I don't know. I'd, I'm excited to see him. McCord from Ohio State and Carson Beck from Georgia. I'm excited to see these guys as they start playing competition as they and they grow as players and in the offenses, how, how they progress as the year goes on. Because like I said, you know, week one, it's tough because normally there's one or two teams that are playing other you know, if they're ranked other ranked teams. So I'm excited to see how these quarterbacks look as the year goes on. Definitely. No, definitely. Uh, something that I want to touch on real quick. If Ohio State can't figure out how to get Marvin Harrison Jr. even six catches in a game, they're doing something wrong. And I know generally week one is about figuring out who you got, what what you guys can actually get done early on in the season and then building on that tryout so to speak in actual game reps and if i remember correctly there was a game last year where cj stroud actually left in the first quarter maybe i'd have to go back and look but uh, mccord actually came in and was not good in that game either so it, it really makes me wonder if it's actually a mccord thing or maybe he's just not ready for this scene i, I don't know ryan day did say that that there was some quarterback controversy coming into the game so Maybe they don't have a guy this year. Maybe maybe somebody they thought was going to work out hasn't. So that'll be interesting to see. Marvin Harrison Jr. might have wished that he went to the draft last year with C.J. Stroud. Who knows? Yeah, yeah games I'm like that definitely aren't helping his draft stock. Uh, what do you have, two catches, I think, for like 18 yards or something, which yeah. you know 
coming in. He's the guy that everybody thinks, with the exception of Caleb Williams, you know, is easy one, two, top three pick for sure in the draft. And then you see a game like that. And like you said, McCord did not look good. Hopefully he grows. Hopefully Harrison get gets has good stats and and gets targets and and can make plays because he's a fun guy to watch. And he's and he's not the only one. Who's the other receiver on their team that's incredible? Amika Egbuka. I'm I'm glad I had you say that. But yeah, he's uh, a <laughs> he, <laughs> he's a stud too. You know, I mean, so certified Ohio, dog. Yeah, that Ohio State team needs to figure it out. Yeah, they're. I mean, they have all the pieces to be a contender again. It's just they got to get the quarterback position figured out, like we're talking about. And I'm sure they will. I mean, they're they're a blue chip program. They probably got six guys there that could all play quarterback and could do it well. So I think McCord probably isn't going to get very many more chances, though. Uh, I think we can probably all agree on that. Yeah. Good luck, McCord. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he figures it out. And even if they don't have anybody waiting in the wings, you know, with the transfer portal, probably just one down year until they have someone transfer on in who can pick up that slack. Either way, now that we're finished up with the recap, why don't we look ahead a little bit and Jacob, why don't you take us through this this coming up slate and what's uh, your biggest things you're looking forward to seeing? Yes, dude. So there are just a couple of things that I'm really excited about. First and foremost, Iowa State and Iowa play each other this weekend, week two. Very early. That game usually happens a little later. That game usually happens a little later. Just a couple of fun, quick tidbits for you. Taylor and I's alma mater, Labette County High School, has produced a D1 athlete not very many times in our life, honestly. But we do have one, and he's a starting tight end as a senior for Iowa State, Mr. Easton Dean. So He's a guy. Shout out to the hometown kid, man. Shout out to the hometown kid. I think he had three catches last week in the first half. Uh, looked really good. They blew out whoever they played, Central, Middle, Tennessee of Southern Georgia or something. But (laughs) (laughs) whatever, but I'm looking forward to an actual full competitive game for for Easton Dean to play in because he's a big dude. He's fast. I mean, he's just super athlete and it's going to be really exciting to see, like I said, the hometown kid kind of in the big lights, so to speak. Switching gears just a little bit, Iowa State is rumored to have one of the best offensive lines in football. I hope we get to see that. Uh, they've got a really young quarterback. His name's Rocco. That's pretty exciting. It's just a cool name anyway. I hope he can play to the level that that, that team is kind of ready for. they got some really good receivers also. Jalen Knoll might be Noel. Not sure, but he's a burner, fast outside guy, downfield threat. So uh, there's a lot to be excited about there. I hope it kind of comes to fruition, especially for Easton Dean's senior year. Other game I'm excited about. Colorado, Nebraska. You know, Matt Rule had a ton of hype coming into this coming into this season as the new Nebraska head coach, for those of you that don't know who that is. And they yet again figured out how to squander uh, a lead and, and and lose the game in Minnesota last week. So you know that he is coming out firing this week. It'll be very interesting to me to see. We know for a fact that Colorado has one superstar on defense, but probably not ten. I mean, TCU scored a lot of points, right? So so they've, they've got a really good cornerback in Travis Hunter, safety. I mean, he he's a great DB. Outside of that, I think there's going to be a lot of running lanes available for Nebraska to score. So I hope that the introduction of, you know, Deion Sanders to Big Ten football isn't 
isn't as as hard nosed as it possibly could be. But the good news is Nebraska's coming to his house, so they might have some home field advantage and they might get their second win this weekend anyway. But it's going to be a fun one to watch. I guarantee it. What are your thoughts, boys? If I Go ahead, Scott. if I've got a if I've got to pick between if, if we're just basing this on head coaches. I'm going to take Deion Sanders over Matt Rule all day long. And maybe that's a little bit of recency bias just because of how poorly that man messed the bed in in Carolina. And I know that NFL and college is a different animal altogether. But that guy, he was a joke by the end of his tenure in Carolina. Like, sitting there randomly quoting, like, I think Jay-Z lyrics when asked a question. And then it even, like, really wasn't even applicable to the question. It's like, what are we, what are we doing, guy? Like, come on. You're, you're supposed to be the face of an NFL franchise, essentially. So, yeah, I... I, I have a hard time putting my faith in that man when you've got Dion on the other side of the ball, other side of the field, who's just doing unprecedented things uh, from a head coaching standpoint. So, give me give me Colorado all day. Listen, when in doubt, you quote Jay Z. It's that simple. But uh, <laughs> no, like I said from the beginning, I'm I'm looking forward to see. I mean, like Jacob said, you know the, this Colorado team. A lot of them played on even Jackson State last year, and they just weren't in the spotlight, you know. So now they're kind of stepping up, playing better competition. But they've played together; they have chemistry. I really like this Colorado team, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing them play, you know. And they have a good schedule, so the sky's the limit for them, really. Yeah, I you know I, I want to give a quick shout out to our friend Cole Reason. Every week he listens to the podcast. He's probably our shout most. out, shout out. Hey, dude. Probably our most devoted listener. And the only reason he listens is so he can find something that I said that was maybe not quite factually correct or that he would quote and say, sounds stupid. And then he texts me about it. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's the most cold thing in the world. But this is useful right now because last week, I don't remember my exact phrasing, but I said, Jackson State is not a Power 5 D1 school. I said they they might be D2. I'm, I'm not really sure what they are, but they were not on the level that Dion is on now. And he actually texted me today and said, well, they were D1 AA, and now they're actually a D1 school. So just so you know, for next time. And I was like, this guy. So anyway, Jackson State is a D1 school for everybody that did not know that out there. There you go, boys. Hey, listen, everybody needs a cool reason in their lives to hold them accountable. Scott's that guy for me. He texts me after every pod and he's like, hey, dude, get it together. <laughs> so, hey, you know, You're welcome. you need that guy. Yeah, I appreciate it, Scott. Hey, dude. Yeah, you keep sending that bat signal up for us, big dog. <laughs> Fourth One and forever unite. Shave it. Mm. All right, we're done here. I'm, I'm leaving. By that, I mean I'm metaphorically leaving the college football world, and we're going to go ahead and shift gears into <laughs> the NFL. Man, I feel the, feel the love, y'all. I appreciate that. Scott, we we couldn't do this thing without you, man. Yeah, at least your beard's mm. nice. Thanks, buddy. I like it. Can't grow it on top of your head; just grow it on the bottom of your head. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, NFL football. <laughs> Get it together, gentlemen. <laughs> My feelings are hurt. NFL football. No, they're not. They're not. Uh, not at all. Man, we're back. We are back. So tomorrow, Taylor's Kansas City Chiefs facing off against Jacob and my Detroit Lions for the season opener. And, man, I'm going to call it right now. I think the, the Lions are going to win 44-7. to How does that make you feel, Taylor? 
Wow. Uh, that's that's the boldest take I've heard since we started this thing. <laughs> um, for the, kidding, sarcasm, hundred <laughs> percent kidding. That is not my take. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I mean, what better team to start off the NFL season than the defending reigning Super Bowl champs? You know, so I'm I'm excited to see it. I wish, hopefully, hopefully Kelsey is one hundred percent. It's not sounding like if he does play, he's going to be a hundred percent. But I think there is a chance he plays. Um, obviously, Chris Jones not sounding good for him. Um, but when you have the best quarterback in the world on your team, you always have a chance. So I'm excited to see it. So I guess we'll go back to Scott and get Scott's real take on the issue. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, kind of some bad juju with the, the Jones not getting him paid. It really does stink that Travis Kelsey may miss a week or two uh, because of his hyperextended knee. Hopefully he's all right. Hopefully it's nothing that lingers or anything. Um, I will say the line at this time last week was uh, the Chiefs were favored by six and a half. That line has since shifted to four and a half, probably in light of the Kelsey situation. I will... I don't have a hot take here, man. I like a lot of things that Detroit's doing, and I think they're going to have a playoff caliber year, but I don't think they're going to be like a contender. And as long as Patrick Mahomes looks like Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs should win this game. Uh, they may not cover. It might be a little close, dicey at the end, but the Chiefs should win this one. You let me down just now, Scott. So I'm actually going to say the Lions win this game. What? And I'm going to tell you all why. Yeah, tell I'm going to tell you all why. I think the Lions do win this game. I think it's a close one, like Scott said. But here's, ultimately, here's the thing. When you're missing a defensive anchor in Chris Jones and looking like we're going to miss Travis Kelsey here as well, I, I, I don't have any qualms with Patrick Mahomes being able to score at will. I, I think Mahomes is going to do what Mahomes does. I think the Chiefs receivers are going to all be very active and, and things are going to be good. But if you just take a step back and look at these two teams individually, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Everybody knows that. They're an awesome team. Whatever. At this point in the season, week one, they know they're not going to have Chris Jones. They know they're probably not going to have Travis Kelsey. If they lose the opener to the Detroit Lions, who is not an AFC team, who's not in their division, what does that actually mean to them? Realistically, probably nothing. Honestly. You flip the script and look at Detroit. Detroit ended the season last year as essentially the hottest team in football. Jared Goff was the most efficient quarterback through the last like six or seven weeks of the season. There's an asterisk next to that because some of the teams had already clinched. You know, they didn't necessarily even have to play, whatever. Detroit was done and they knew they were done, but they were still playing Dan Campbell football, you know, biting kneecaps off and stuff. So here's the thing. There is nothing more dangerous than a team that has something to prove. And I just feel like Detroit's going to come out firing on a super high efficient offense. I mean, the only thing that changed in that entire system, the only thing that changed is that they upgraded their running back room. They went and got Jameer Gibbs in the first round. They were super happy about that. Then they go get David Montgomery out of Chicago. David Montgomery's a proven running back. I mean, he's going to be really good for that team. And Jameer Gibbs is going to get a lot of touches too. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you step back and look at it. I, I think Detroit's got a real shot. Offensively, they're both going to score. Detroit's defense has gotten better. If they can figure out how to stop Mahomes a couple of times, that's the ball game. Because you got to figure Detroit's going to score a lot of points. That's that's my take on it. I've been thinking about it all day. I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts. I do think old Motor City Dan Campbell's got a good thing going down there, or up there, I guess. And I do think they're a tough team. I think they're way better 
than they were last year, especially the year before that. And especially the year before that, you know, they're continuing to get better and grow, but I don't know, man, I just, I can never count out the chiefs. I just, I can't do it. I I think chiefs by a million. By a million, huh? Okay. <laughs> no homers at all there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hmm. I will say this, no matter what happens, I think that Jameer Gibbs has 25 points. I'm calling that now. I think he goes off. The Chiefs have a hard really? time stopping receivers out of the backfield. Um, Jamison Williams is not going to be there to eat into the target share. And Jared Goff has proven that he likes those uh, check down targets. And while they do have a, was it Laporta, I believe, is their rookie tight end who look, who's looked really good in training camp. Tight ends typically take a little bit of time to get acclimated just because. You know, they're learning blocking schemes and route trees. So usually they're not the biggest impact players in year one. So from a target standpoint, you've got Amon Ross and Brown and then who else? <laughs> Josh Reynolds, former Super Bowl champion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think you're I don't think you're wrong in that take. I mean, I, I was for sure you were gonna be a Lions Homer, but that's cool. I don't know. I I, okay. I like I root for them, but they still yeah they they ended the year super strong last year, but they still like got themselves into like a one and six hole, and then down the stretch with the opportunity to get into the playoffs, they dropped one of the Carolina Panthers who were so awesome there <laughs> that Matt Rule got to keep his job last year. I think that I think the Lions would be good. Do I? Am I sorry, Taylor? Will I be rooting for the Lions? Absolutely, but. Am I going to sit there and count out the the literal, literal reigning world champions to lose this game? No, I've got to give the Chiefs are going to win. Lions are going to cover. That's my take. All right then. Looking forward to seeing it. Same. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good one. I'm excited. Taylor, do you want to put money on the Chiefs winning by a million points or no? Hmm. Not this week. We'll we'll feel mm, out week right. one. All right. So you're telling me you've got some doubts in your team. I appreciate that. Good to know. Yeah, mil- millions a lot, man. Let's get into some of the... So Thursday, we had to talk about that because it's the first and it's shiny and new and happening tomorrow. Um, but let's, uh, let's kind of bounce through just some of the games that we're most looking forward to uh, and why uh, and then our takes on who's going to win them. So let's start with Cincinnati and Cleveland. And Cincinnati is favored by two and a half. What do y'all think? Oh, yeah. Joe Shiesty? Joe Burr? Back? Playing football on Sundays? Man, is there anything better than, than a Joe Burrow Sunday? Taylor probably has a few things to say about Joe Burrow. But anyway, I am excited to see Joe Burrow back. I'm happy to see that he's actually going to play. I, I know there was a lot of uh, speculation about the calf injury. and you know, how, how ready he was going to be to go. And it, that still may remain to be seen. Actually, he, he might still have some lingering issues. Not really sure. But if he is completely healthy, I mean, we know that Cleveland defense isn't incredible. They're, they're pretty solid at, at run stopping, but not so much at defending the pass. And unfortunately for them, Cincinnati throws the ball a lot. Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you know, they went and got Irv Smith in the offseason at the tight end position. Super athletic tight end. It's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. Flip side, you look at Cleveland, Deshaun Watson. I mean, you got to remember, but prior to all the off-field shenanigans that he's been a part of, 
I mean, he he was a top five quarterback, you know, top ten for sure. It's, it's debatable, but we'll give him top ten for sure. And if there's any chance at all that he returns to the form that he had before all that stuff, this game is going to be huge. This is first off full off season with the Browns. Um, they went and got Elijah Moore in the off season. They drafted Cedric Tillman, big wide receiver out of Tennessee. The guy's got weapons. Mari Cooper, Nick Chubb out of the backfield. It Cincinnati's not going to play a ton of defense either. So it's very exciting to watch that game. I, I think there's going to be some fireworks. What do you think? I I think uh I mean you could say this about every team or every division right now, but I, I actually do think the AFC North is wide open this year. Um so it's exciting that they're playing week one. Who's gonna be the most prepared? Who's gonna be ready to go? I I mean, obviously it's Joe Burrow. He has weapons all over the field and they're gonna try to air it out. And then like you said, flip side, they're probably gonna give Nick Chubb the ball twenty five times and, and hope that he can score three touchdowns. Who's gonna get who's gonna force turnovers? Who's going to uh make big stops in big situations? I think that's who wins the game and this game could be very important down the line for that division. So I I think that's what I'm most excited about is just seeing how this division starts out. Is Scott? there a chance is there a chance and this is not because I just don't care for him as a person, but is there a chance that Deshaun Watson is just no longer good at football and Hear me out on this. So he missed the entire season. He looked like garbage, garbage last season, all all season long. <laughs> and everything I've heard, like you know, Philly played them in joint training camp, and apparently he looked bad in joint training camp. And if you look all the way back to you know him down in Houston, yeah, he led the league in passing yards that the last year before his suspension or year away or whatever that was. But they were also a terrible, terrible football team. And you're going to be throwing the football a lot when you're a terrible football team. It's just how that works. That's just how the dynamic works. And I'm not saying he wasn't good back then. He was. But I'm wondering if that conflated stat line plus a year away may have romanticized his ability as a quarterback. And maybe he's just not that good. And maybe, you know, all the – maybe the, the everything he's had to deal with, regardless of what he's done or has or hasn't done or – Regardless of your opinion of him, like that, that kind of stuff in your life can take like a dramatic toll and like wear you down mentally. You know what? And maybe we're not going to see the same Deshaun Watson that we saw in Houston. Just my take. And then who knows? Maybe the work, maybe this, the circus that's been the Cleveland Browns in the last 36 months has also taken a toll. So maybe they're just going to be a crummy football <laughs> team. I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. I feel like all these people just assume that he's going to, they're going to come back to, the relevance but maybe the cleveland curse they're just they're just going to be bad for forever and ever and ever and ever yeah i I don't hate that take i think that uh confidence can be huge obviously huge for any quarterback in the league you can you can see certain quarterbacks normally the best ones in the league kind of carry a swagger with them and like you said deshaun watson's been through a lot so i don't i don't really see that swagger and that confidence could be gone so it, it will be interesting to see no, absolutely. I think if uh I think if that is the case, he's gonna be the highest paid dumpster fire like the league has ever seen. And Russell okay Wilson because it's Russell Wilson is right? competing with that title, sir. Oh uh, no, Russ is gonna be fine. Sean Payton's gonna turn that program around. <laughs> I hate you, Sean Payton. Big, big Sean Payton guy. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> 
So Cincinnati's favored by two and a half. What are y'all's score predictions? Uh, and who wins this game and by how much? Healthy Joe Burrow, Cincinnati by 10. Joe Burrow hampered by injury, Cleveland by three. Hmm. Okay. You talking, so healthy Joe Burrow, you talking like 31-21 or like 34-24? What kind of score are we talking here? 14-4? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 34-24. I, uh, I think both teams score quite a few points this weekend, regardless, honestly. Biggest thing is if Joe Burrow can't scramble or get away from also Miles known Garrett. as Mr. Mack Truck, Miles Garrett. Monster. Uh, that's a problem. That's a problem. So. I don't know that that Cincinnati offensive line is definitely reinforced uh, in a couple different places. So hopefully they can protect him and he gets to actually stand in the pocket and do what he does best. Yeah, I Respect think uh, I think Cincinnati definitely covers. I think it's probably somewhere around thirty-one twenty-one. Cincinnati, we know can put up points. We've seen it. We've seen him do it against really, really good teams. And Cleveland's so wishy-washy that I just, I mean. I think Cleveland comes out, or sorry, Cincinnati comes out and wins pretty handily. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. Although, I'm going to say it's a little more lopsided. I'm going to say uh, debating between 24, 27 to 10. I think Cleveland only puts up 10 points. We'll go 24, 10. 24, 10 Cincinnati. Three touchdowns and a few. Cleveland scores it. Cleveland scores at least 21 points this weekend. Book it. We'll see. That's why we're having these conversations. <laughs> book it. I'm excited to, I'm really excited to like, cause I'm writing down all these scores. I'm excited to go back and be like, who was most correct? But nah, speaking of. Not you, not you, Batman. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> so a game I'm much more excited about than the previous one is, uh, is, uh, Miami at the LA chargers. It's so hard for me not to say San Diego chargers still. It, I know. It, Same. I, mean, I won't, I won't judge you if you do. Mm, it may it may slip out every now and again, but the San Diego in my heart, Los Angeles in location Chargers are favored by three to beat Miami, and I'm curious to get y'all's takes on this because I think I know which way y'all are going to lean, and I'm probably going to be in agreement with you. Man, honestly, I think <laughs> I think this is going to be one of the most exciting games of the weekend. Uh, there's really no question about that. If you look at the two offenses. Mike McDaniel, what he's done down there in, in Miami is pretty incredible. Goes out and gets Tyreek Hill. He's got Jalen Waddle, drafted uh, Devon A-Chain. Those three guys right there are just three of the fastest dudes in the NFL, and they're all on the Miami Dolphins offense. There's a lot to be happy about down there. You know they're going to score a bunch of points. Defensively, they're probably going to struggle a little bit. Uh, I, I think they did what they could to improve their defense. Jalen Ramsey getting hurt in the offseason really doesn't help him at all there, but I just really don't think they're going to be able to stop what is now a high-flying, you know, Kellen Moore offense there in, in the Chargers organization. So it's just going to be a lot of downfield threat on both sides. I could seriously see, I know I said this last week, and I I still think so, I could seriously see an 80 to 90 point total here. I mean, it's just track meet all day long. That's a lot of football. That's a lot of points in football, sir. But uh, okay, it is. Yeah, you you actually stole the words right out of my mouth. I think it's going to be an absolute track meet. I think that the offenses are just going to go absolutely crazy. I hope. I hope the offenses go absolutely crazy because, as much as I love a good defensive football game, I'd love to see Week One two teams just 
like you said, put up 80, 90 points together. So I'm, I'm excited about this one. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Tua does. You know, he, he battled a lot of injury and everything last year. I think he's confident. So I, I, I love a good quarterback duel Tua versus Justin Herbert. So I'm beyond excited for it. You know that because we're predicting this, because football is the way it is and because life is just pain, it's going to end up being like a score of like six to two. <laughs> no touchdown yeah, like the score Rams at all. Patriots Super Bowl. Yeah. Two field goals no and a kidding. safety. And that's it. Like, what? What just happened? No. Hey, Scott, don't you put that on us. No kidding. Shut your mouth, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get some predictions. Jacob. Well, I'm going Chargers. I'm going Chargers. I'm going Chargers 40, I don't know, 45, Dolphins 38. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm here for it. That'd be one heck of a game, man. Taylor, what do you got? Yeah, I think I'm actually going to take the Dolphins, and I think the Dolphins win 31-28. And I actually like that, that score a lot. The Chargers, they seem to play Miami tough. I don't know. They've... They're not. They're on opposite coasts, but I feel like they're division rivals. They met, a, met each other a couple times last year, and they play each other tough. I'm uh, I'm going to give Kellen Moore and company. I think he's going to he's going to push the ball a little more downfield. At least I'm hoping. I'm going to speak this into existence. Let's go 31-34 Chargers. Cool. I I do think the Chargers play up and down to their competition. I mean, you see it especially as the season progresses, you know, come playoff hunt, playoff time. I mean, they blow it. So obviously I, I could care less if the Chargers win being a Chiefs fan. But that being said, it does seem like when they play a good team, they play well. He's a or closet Chargers fan. A, a t- or they play a bad team, and <laughs> it seems like they can tend to play pretty bad too. So I do like the Dolphins. I'm excited right. to see a healthy Mike Williams in a Kellen Moore offense. 100%. Mikey Air Yards Williams. Oh, my goodness. And his clone, Just, Quentin Johnson. Johnston. I know. That there's some scuttlebutt going around about Mr. Josh Palmer being the, the starting wide receiver over Quentin Johnston, and I just don't stand for that. I don't know who decided to put that out, but we won't have it. We will riot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not acceptable. Uh, that's uh, yeah. honestly, so I'm an Eagles fan, and both those games start at 325 Central Time, and definitely going to be posted up at my local Wild Wings, like with Eagles Pats game right in front of me, and then just off center, going to be the Miami uh, Chargers game because yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that one, but I'm maybe more excited about this next game. Um, Mostly because I want to see the Cowboys lose and be hilarious to me. Uh, but Dallas is playing <laughs> the New York, once again, not bad at football giants uh, on Sunday night football. And the uh, Dallas Cowboys are favored by three. Jacob, what do you think about that? I think it's crazy that there are two different um, in-division games this week. We got the Giants and the Cowboys and the uh, Steelers. Or no. Giants, Cowboys, and Cleveland, and Cincinnati. So that's there's a bunch. Football. They're not they're not in division, are they? They're it's AFC North. These guys are actually in division. No, they're they're a bunch of no. They're both they're, they're both divisional. 
Yeah, but you've also got you've also got Well, uh, they're okay, two different divisions. One's AFC, one's NFC, but they're Wait, what? But they're But Giant Giants and Cowboys are actually the NFC Giants East. and the Cowboys are yeah. NFC East. Yeah. The Cleveland yeah. Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals are AFC North. Are AFC you, North, yeah. Then you've also got yeah. the Jacksonville okay. Jaguars facing off against the Indianapolis Colts, and they're in the AFC South, but no one cares about the Colts, so that's not really relevant. Um, right. And then you've got the Rams, who no one really cares about, facing off against the Seattle Seahawks. And right. then you've got the Packers facing off against the Bears. And then you've got the Raiders facing off against the Broncos. So it's like half the slate is in, uh, is in the same division. So a lot of good sure. games. So I, I I did miss I misspoke there, but there are two games that actually matter, and then the rest are you know ah. just kind of off doing their own. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> back to the the actual point at hand here: Dallas, New York. I'm actually really excited to see this Danny Dimes offense with Darren Waller in it. To be completely honest with you, it's going to be great. Saquon's back. Scott's boy, Isaiah Hodgins, is back. Giants went and got Jalen Hyatt. Dude was a freak at Tennessee. He's a burner. There's just a lot to be excited about, dude. Yes. The, the New York Giants, I mean, they, they could be pretty all right this year. And Dallas is Dallas. You know, they got Tony Pollard. They got Dak, CeeDee Lamb. After that, it's like Dallas is Dallas, man. I don't know. So yeah, think? I think that they they really need to get a verdict on Dak Prescott. You know, is he the guy? Is he not the guy? What is going on? They go and get Trey Lance. It's really interesting to me because when he first came onto the scene, what his rookie season or his first or his second season, first year start, and whatever it was, he played incredible. You know, and he's mm-hmm. just slowly falling off. And once again, it might be a confidence thing. He just he hears the talk. And the team goes and gets Trey Lance, and it's going to be interesting. I think it's time for him to, uh, for lack of a better term, shit or get off the pot. You know, so it'll be it'll be interesting. You tell him, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely really Word. curious to see a lot of these things. I'm really curious because it's Mike McCarthy's first. Um, you know, we touched on this before. First season calling, uh, play calling as a head coach. So I'm interested to see that. Um, I'm interested interested to see how effective Tony Pollard is uh, and how much Deuce Vaughn we see uh, while Tony Pollard's coming off that, you know, broken leg. It's not a non-substantial injury. Really excited, excited to see how Brandon Cooks uh, assimilates into that Cowboys offense. Really excited to see Darren Waller, if he's back to hold form, is he going to get 12 targets a game? I feel like Jalen Hyatt has to catch, you know, he's going to have a stat line of like, Two targets, one reception, a 64-yard touchdown, and that's it. <laughs> and that's that's fine, but I'm excited to see that as well and see how that plays out. So, yeah, there's lots of questions I really want answered. But the biggest one is, is Daniel Dimes worth $40 million a year? That's all that I want to know Sunday night. And if I haven't figured that out by Sunday night, I'd be very upset. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think we need to kind of temper expectations just a little bit. It's going to be a typical Dallas I Cowboys, I will not game. temper a damn thing, sir. So you back up off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just your hair. Anyway. <laughs> Dang, dude, shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, Dallas Cowboys, they got a real strong defense at pretty much every level you know it, it it's not going to be in my opinion probably a super high scoring game uh, i think i think dallas is going to find the end zone a few times i think 
the Giants probably do once or twice. I, I think Dallas probably comes out on top in this one, even though I want to see the Giants win. Fingers crossed. Hope I'm wrong. Hope the Giants blow them out. But it'll be interesting to see for sure. We're losing a lot of local fans right now bashing on the Cowboys, and then that's fine. <laughs> what, what, yeah. Give me score predictions there, Jacob. Oh, let's go Giants 14, Dallas 21. Nice football score there. All right. Yeah, it is. I'll, Taylor. I'll take the I'll, I'll take the Cowboys 24, Giants 17. Ooh. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and uh, be upfront and honest about this. If I were placing money on this, a substantial amount of money, which I'm not, because just, I'm just not, uh, I would take the, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would probably finish uh, something similar to that. But I'm gonna just abandon my journalistic integrity and manifest this and say that uh, in a slugfest, the Giants come out ahead, twenty-seven, twenty-four. Wow, I love, mm-hmm. you, you love to hear it. Absolutely, go Giants. Go, go Giants. <laughs> All right, and to cap us off, capstone for the weekend, last game on the slate comes Monday night, and it is the other team that plays outside of New York but calls themselves a New York football team in the Jets. Uh, and then the other team that actually plays in New York but in a different part of the state in the Buffalo Bills. So Aaron Rodgers' debut, the Buffalo Bills are favored by two and a half. What are y'all's reactions to this? I think there's a lot to unpack with Aaron Rodgers in the Jets. It'll be, I don't know, it'll be something to see for sure if he's really completely like assimilated into that offense. And I know that he has already worked with Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett in the past in Green Bay. So Maybe it was just a super easy transition and nothing has changed from their time together. Not sure. I think that that's one major thing, obviously. Second major thing is that Brees Hall, is is he back? Is he not? You know, Dalvin Cook practiced with them all of like 10 days before this game, something like that. So you would assume that, that Brees is going to get more touches. Are they going to uncork the guy and let him go? I don't know. There's There's a lot to kind of figure out with this offense right now. Garrett Wilson, is he the guy that everybody thinks he is? I think so. But past Garrett Wilson, what are we going to do? you got Corey Davis retiring right before the season starts. That's weird. You've got Alan Lazard nursing a shoulder injury right now. So he's, he's quote-unquote, the guy with top two most chemistry on the team with, with Aaron Rodgers. So if Lazard can't go and Corey Davis retires, that leaves you Garrett Wilson, Randall Cobb, I was and say, Nicole don't, Hartman. Don't, don't discount Randall Cobb, sir. <laughs> Oh yeah, Randall Cobb and his thirty-six-year-old slot receiverness. Yes, that's, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, just real quick, fun Randall Cobb story. He played preseason this year for like, you know, probably the first time in a very long time. And Garrett Wilson caught a little slant pass, broke it back inside, and Randall Cobb absolutely took somebody's head off. Refs called it a blindside block, backed him up, played didn't count. They get to the huddle, and Aaron Rodgers says, Cobby, what are you doing? You just cost yourself your entire preseason salary with that hit. And Randall Cobb was like, I was just playing football, man. Like, oh, just, man. I was, was, was going <laughs> to say, to be fair, at the beginning of Randall Cobb's career, that probably wasn't a penalty. So, oh, no, absolutely not. Time, you know, times 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. 
Nah, but just to just to kind of wrap that up real quick, I think the Jets. I think the Jets should be a really good football team this year. I don't know if it's Week One against the Buffalo Bills, who by all rights should be the better team as it stands right now. Excited to see Dalton Kincaid. Excited to see James Cook in a full time role. Josh Allen has an absolute cannon. Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, great defense. Bills win. That's my take. And you can write down whatever score you want. I don't care. Bills win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. It's it's interesting to see that it it's truly seems like the Jets are have went all in this offseason. You know, obviously they go and get Aaron Rodgers. They go get his number one guy, you know, past couple years, with the exception of Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard. But last year they won some like quite a few games with Zach Wilson at the helm and it was due to that defense. That defense is really, really good. I mean, they are solid. They're young. Um, they're fun to watch. Sauce Gardner and those guys. I mean, they're they're a solid defense, solid football team. But like you said, Jacob, that Buffalo Bills team is built pretty similar. You know, their offense is pretty high powered. Their defense is solid. I think Von Miller's out, correct? Yeah. Till like week five or something. But I mean, still, you know, even on the back end, their their secondary is second to very few i mean second to none probably really you know i mean i i think that and i think this is just me wanting this to happen but i think the jets win the game and scott you can write down whatever score you want jets win (laughs) (sighs) i love the pageantry uh i'm actually i'm really excited to see sauce gardner versus uh stefan diggs i think that's gonna be a fun matchup I would not be shocked if this actually ends up being a very low-scoring low game because I think both these teams are going to be fired up. I think that from a weapon standpoint, I think both of them both, both of them have really good quarterbacks, but they'll be playing against two really good defenses with limited skill position assets. So, I don't know. I feel like the Jets always get up to play the Bills, so I'm going to take the Jets. Love it. By I don't even care three points. Not even in right down the score. I think the Jets win it in a slugfest, and it's a much lower scoring game than we expect. But I, I'm here for it, and it's one of the games I'm more excited to see this week. Yeah, I definitely think it's a defensive battle. It's kind of crazy they have two really high powered offenses on paper, but when you stack them up against each other, it's probably not going to be uh, as 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 boom as some people would like to see. So, yeah, no, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, being week one, you just never know what to expect, offensively never. and defensively. I'll say his right. offense is clicking. You know, who knows? Well, cool, gentlemen. I'm super excited to recap these with you next week and see how close each one of us got in our score predictions and how wildly wrong Jacob is in all of his predictions. We will see. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I, I've got for you. Yeah, man. Well, I was going to say, I am excited about all the new quarterbacks this year. You know, Anthony Richardson has a lot of hype going into the season. He wasn't great at Florida. You know, I mean, he has all the measurables, all the intangibles. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. You got Jordan Love starting for the first time this year as the man in Green Bay. Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett year two. So I'm excited to see all these new quarterbacks and all these teams transitioning. 100%, dude. Thanks for bringing that up. I know we only touched on a handful of games just for – time purposes but yeah every single matchup has got juice for various reasons yeah there's a ton of new faces at the quarterback position some of which i'm more excited to see than others um you know really excited to see Bijan 
uh, coming out and what he does down there in Atlanta. So there's just a lot of new faces that I'm I'm stoked about. I'm also excited to see my man Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith uh, represent the Georgia defense and just smack around New England's offense. So lots of lots of good stuff. Yeah, the the Philadelphia Bulldogs. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, speaking of Scott, have I told you who my favorite player in the NFL is? Is it Jalen Hurts? No, you're you're close. Same team. Devontae Smith. Nicobe Dean. No. Nope. I'm just gonna tell y'all. He's probably very near and dear to your heart. Mr. Jason Kelsey. Oh yeah. Samesies. I love that guy. Do you know why he's my favorite player? Did you start watching a show on uh on Amazon, Kelsey? I don't think that's out yet. No, I I heard it's fantastic. He's my favorite player because he moonlights as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> He's fat, Batman. <laughs> fat man. Uh, <laughs> fat man. <laughs> J.A. Scott Jacobs never going to let this go. I hope you know that. What, him being fat, Batman? <laughs> no, just the whole Batman no, thing. Bat signals. Yeah, your bat oh. signals. Oh, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> you guys are a bunch of jack wagons. Went right over your head, didn't it? Right over my bald head. <laughs> anyway, are we ready to wrap it up, boys? Yeah, man, that's all I got. I'm an old man. It's time for me to go to bed. Absolutely. Well, hey, guys, it's been another awesome episode. Thanks again for riding with us. One more time, we want to thank everybody for listening every week, especially you, Cole Reason. Appreciate all the wonderful text I get. Want to remind everybody to like, share, you know, favorite repost, whatever the right word is, all the socials. Once again, thanks to all the guys on Twitter for helping us out, grow that following. We need, need, need all the interactions every week so we can continue doing this and continue growing our brand. So once again, thanks. Love that football season's back. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy the games. Sports world. Let's ride. (laughs) 